0: Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Mbakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. So, this time we want just to look at another part of being fruitfulness, which is obedience, which ties up with abiding in the the Word. And I would like us to read from the book of John, chapter 15, verse 9 to 17. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends if you you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I, I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You do not... You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. So, as I was preparing this message about obedience, because you see that, For us to be fruitful, we need to abide and also to be obedient to God's word. I came across an article by one Thomas Tarrant, which was titled Obedience, the Key That Opens All Doors. And in this title, as he was introducing the, the subject of obedience, an interesting factor he said that obedience has joined the same WhatsApp group as submission. It has joined the same WhatsApp group as submission. And why does he say that? He will say that obedience has become a word which many people during this age and time are afraid of. They do not. And this is what he had had captured and said, obedience eh, Oh, obedience is in this. Uh, oh, sorry. Obedience is not positive. It's not a positive word these days. For some, it seems cold and harsh. For for others, it carries overtones of legal legalism legalism eh, in religion, or control in other venues. Perhaps. For all of us, it challenges our inherent drive towards autonomy and the individualistic bent that pervades our our culture. So this, he was saying, just how, why we are finding that it has joined the same WhatsApp group as a mission, because each and every one of us has that inherent need of us just to be in control of whatever is happening. We don't want, uh, we want to do things the way we, we, we feel they are okay, but now there's the issue we are told to obey. But uh, one thing I just want to highlight is the way we view obedience in the day-to-day life. in, our, in the, How society views obedience is different from how God views obedience the way the world views obedience, it's different from how Christ views obedience. Because the world views it as something which is, it's like you've been put a gun on your head. You need to do it. It's a requirement. You have to do it. But if you study God's word, you find that obedience is not forced on us. It's a choice you've been given to do what we need to do. And this we can see In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 14 and verse 15. Know the word is very near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart, so that you may obey it. This is God's word. He didn't say you must obey it, it's you may obey it. May is a conditional term, you are not forced to obey by God. He gave you His word. It's up to you. And that's the beauty of Christianity. It's not forced on us. It's given to you, and you have to take a choice whether to do it or not to do it. And the beauty of it is when you decide to obey, there are the benefits which come with obedience. If you decide not to obey, there are the consequences which come with obedience. And these have been put out in the open. God did not say that, uh, I mean, but the uh, uh, benefits are been in the future, and the future I he to the and said, this is, These are the benefits, these are the consequences. It's up to you. And this is the obedience that we we want to, to look at. It. And the other thing is find that this obedience in God's word. It comes from a place of love and reverence of God. We obey because we love and we defend God. And this we can see from John chapter 14 verse 15, he says, If you love me, keep my commands. So it's it's not forced on anyone. If you love Christ, keep my commands. And even when you look at the Verses we've read in John chapter 15, verse 9 and 10. We see that Jesus saying us, just as Jesus' love for the Father was expressed in obedience, so is our love for Jesus is expressed in our obedience to his word. Because if we love it, we'll obey his word. So it's true our love for Christ that we obey. So it's not about being forced. It's just from a place of love and reverence to God. And this is the love that we want to talk about. And we see there's a writer, there's a book I found. It's called The Fruit of Christ, Christ's Presence. And the writer says, obedience is not a condition of earning the love and hearing of God. Nor is it a condition for being nourished spiritually by God. Instead, obedience is the means God use, uses to bestow love and blessing. Keeping His commands, keeping His commandments, is the way we Christians are nourished. So it's in keeping God's commandments it's how it's when we are nourished, and it's through obedience. It's the means which God uses to bestow love and blessing for us. And one of the writers says that obedience is the key that opens all doors. It's the key that opens all doors. And it's interesting to my father during this season. But the thing that stands between you and your next blessing, you and the breakthrough you're praying for his obedience. That's the thing that is starting you and your next step, obedience is the key. Is the thing. When you obey, it opens up, and you can see it all from the time of Abraham. It was through his obedience that opened the floodgates of God's blessing. out of Abraham's obedience. It's when we were blessed. So it's, it's the only thing that stands between you and your blessing, what God has in store for you and your breakthrough. And, and last week I shared this verse which I, I, I came to learn in Deuteronomy, which we are saying that. word of God, they are not just idle words, they are your life, by them you will live long in the land you are crossing, the Jordan to possess and this we see from, from our reading this month the vine and the branches how does the branches get life it's through the vine, they get life through the vine and without life through the vine, they die and they, they don't bear fruit. So you have to get the branches need to get life through through the vine. And for us believers, what is this life that we get from the vine? What is this life that makes us be fruitful in this day and And it's the word of God we've seen god's word is our life and when we abide in god then we're able to get his word that he shares he shares with us and we told that god god's word enters in our bodies and abides in our hearts and minds becoming the basis for living our belief system and the lens on which you view life. When you get to abide in Christ, this life which is His, Word gets to us, and it abides in us, in our heart and in our minds, and it becomes our the lens at which you view life. As the ones who you know that whatever happens to you, it's the lens at which you look at it. It's how you interpret whatever happens to you. It's depends on the lens at which you are, the you are using to, to interpret. So when you abide in Christ, God's word comes and it becomes your lens on which you interpret it from. And God wants us, God wants to move us from our place of ignorance to our place of obedience. It's from a place of ignorance to a place of obedience. And a writer says, in the spiritual realms, The opposite of ignorance is not knowledge. The opposite of ignorance is obedience. Because in obedience more is involved than the intellectual awareness of Christ's teachings or the memorization of his sayings. It involves putting God's word into action. So God doesn't want us just to memorize his word. He doesn't want us to just know his word. He wants us to know, internalize, and apply it in our day to day life. And and unlike what we are taught in primary school when we are growing up, that knowledge is power, in this case, knowledge isn't power. The application of the knowledge is the power that we possess. You may have all the knowledge, but if you don't apply it here, then you don't experience the power. So you need to apply, it. you need to obey God's word for you to, to be powerful. And you can see in Matthew 7, 24 to 27, this is about the wise and the foolish builder. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But anyone who hears these words of mine and does not put it into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. This was about are we hearing God's word and putting it into action? Are we obeying God's word, or are we just hearing, hearing, just, just hearing, but no, no action of this? And it says, if. If you hear my word and put it into action, you are like the wise builder who built on a rock. And if you look at these verses, it's interesting. The conditions that fail the one house are the same conditions that the other house will start. Which shows that all of us in this world will go through the same experiences. Those who all of us, in those in the world, we go through the same experiences, but it depends how firm your foundation is, how far your foundation is, have you built, have you built your house on the rock or have you built it on Sunday, are we coming on Sunday to hear God's word and then we go back to
1: our ways, how we say that
0: we have two personalities, yes Sunday and Sunday, to Saturday, we have one. We take whatever we need back to Sunday. So it's for us to be fruitful. We need to abide. We need to be obedient. When you be, when you be obedient, then we are building on the firm foundation. And for the Word of God to be the firm foundation in one's life, we must put it into practice as we've seen. But one thing is that for one to obey God's Word, for one to obey it and make it his his firm foundation, however, they must have faith on the one who spoke the Word. For you to make it your firm foundation, then you must have faith on the one who spoke the Word. You can't obey some, a word which you, you don't believe the person who spoke it. There's a that they are. Yeah. So do we believe the one who spoke the word for us to obey it? Because unless we believe the one who spoke the word, we cannot obey it. And that's why I could even, instead of gear, talking I can, I can clear thought, trisha, <laughs> trisha, because we have that children. So, how are we do Do we believe the one who said this word, who spoke this word? And we find that in John one one to four, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was, with, he was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was light of, the, of mankind. He was the one. He was in the beginning. Do we believe the one who spoke the word for us to obey God? And we are told the one who spoke the word, he is not like a human that he should like, not a man, a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and not act? Does he say the, does he say his promise are not fulfilled? He who no word from his mouth has ever failed. He who no word from his mouth returns to him empty. Do we believe the one who spoke the word? Do we believe the one who spoke the word? And for us to believe it, it depends on our view of God. Our view of God. What's your view of God? Because your view of God determines the confidence you have in Him. How you view God determines the confidence you have in Him. If you view Him as a liar, then your confidence will be be low. Because you'll be doubting. But if you believe that what He says He does, when he tells you jump, you ask him how high because you believe that you can <laughs> because it has been there, he's done it before. So what's your view of God? Because that determines your confidence you have in him. The confidence for you to believe in what he says, for you to obey his word. And we are told that obedience is an essential part in the Christian faith. It's an essential part in the Christian faith. Doing what Christ says is the tangible demonstration of one's love for God. When your obedience is an evidence of your love for God. And we know that our love for God is one of the first and greatest commandments. When you love God, that's it. First and greatest God. love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, with all your mind. So how do you love God? Through obedience. If you obey what he says, then you are living the, you are living the first commandment, first and greatest commandment. And you are saying, love fulfills all the laws. It's love that fulfills all the laws. So if you love the Father, then... If you obey his word, then you are fulfilling all the laws. And as you see, the word of God is life to the branches. The word of God is life to the branches. But what does the enemy do? The enemy knows that God's word is life to him word is what should make you fruitful. So what does he do? He makes us peace 24-7 so that we don't spend time with the word. Because he knows the power that you have when you read and meditate on God's word. And that's where most of us Christians we are failing. We are not that's where the reason that we are not fruitful in our day-to-day life. Because we are not tapping to the, to the vine. We are not taking life from the vine. We are not drawing life from the vine. Because of our busyness. And that's what the enemy is trying to do. Give you all the reasons why you can't spend time in the world. And there are studies which have been done, and I think Pasiya has been sharing he us, urging us to read our Bibles about how believers are doing in reading their word. And there's one study which says that the, the Bible is seen as the most revered book, but not read. It's revered. We, we feel that this is the word of God, but we don't read it. in in that Solashindrah, what's happening, yeah. So most of us we believe that the Bible is inspired by God. This is God's word. Inspired by him. We even own Bibles at home. We own Bibles. We have Bibles in our phones. But most of us read them in church on Sunday. That's the only time we open our Bibles to read. Are we tapping to the vine to draw life in it? When Pastor comes here and says, Read your Bible pray every day. Is it just words he's speaking? Or are we spending time <coughs> drawing from the vine? And some of us, we have good intentions. We all want to read the Bible. But God and I never choose And as how, how Paul says it. What I want to do, I don't do it. What I don't want to do is what I do it. I have intentions but it's not coming up. And as thus, we are not drawing from the vine. Guys, we need, we need to study God's word. We need to study God's word. And one way to to start this habit is just set a time. Set a time when you dedicate for reading God's word. Just set a time. Don't say, Niki time out a time. The enemy won't give you that time. You just have to dedicate a specific time on which you'll say, This is the time I'll set up at no matter what for me to study God's word. And for me, how I did it, I set up the morning hours. Because at that time, it's quiet, and um, so the first thing I do in the morning before opening any other thing is just studying God's word, drawing insights from for him. So find time that works for you. Some of us are morning people you are an evening person. Find time just to read God's word. Because as we've seen, it's life, and guys, we cannot live without his word. We cannot live without his word. As he, said, he told us, without me, you can do nothing. We cannot live without his word. It's our life. We need, and we need it to be fruitful. If we are to be fruitful, we need to read God's word. In John 17, 17, Jesus, when praying for his disciples, pray that sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. God's word is where transformation takes place. It's in God's word that we are transformed. Unless we spend time with God in his word, then we will not be be fruitful. And this, the enemy has really mastered his tricks on us not to spend time for us and he wants us to suffer from Anorexia and bulimia, spiritual anorexia and bulimia. <laughs> I know you know that you know those terms, especially the ladies. Anorexia and, <laughs> and and bulimia, and that's what the enemy is working so hard for us to suffer from because he knows that when he gets you and you become anorexic and bulimic, bulimic then you're down. And spiritual anorexia is their version to reading the scripture and digesting them. You just don't have time to eat. So you're suffering. If you don't sleep and digest God's word, then you're suffering from anorexia. They don't take it. You're suffering from anorexia. And what does this mean to, to digest God's word? It's just meditating. <coughs> meditating on God's word. Drawing the juices from, the, from God's word. And, and filling our hearts and minds with the truth of God. So, I don't want to ask how many are anorexic. <laughs> you know yourselves, you know yourselves, if you don't read what's what i to anorexic. And as I was this, I remembered when I did a plug like in my first time during graduation, we were to write, we were given money our papers, and we were to write one thing we've about. Getting uh, Mizizi. So, on one side you write before Mizizi, plug in, sorry, I did it in, in Mafuno, that's why I, I call it Mizizi. Before plug in, you write how it was before, and on the other side you write after. And I remember, for me, my before was I used to read the Bible as an open. So, much. We so story to that, but a story, one. But as I did plug-in, that's when I had how to meditate on God's Word. And that's what I wrote in my, in my placard. And we see that in, in plug-in we have this acronym called SPEC. S-P-E-C-T. I don't know if you remember the ones who've done plug-in, but one Spirit helps us when we are on God's word. How do we draw the Jesus? How do we draw the truths from God's word? And what is the sins we need to confess as we read? The, as we read God's word, what are the sins that we need to confess? What are the promises we need to claim? Examples we need to follow. Commands we need to obey. Truth about God to believe. And that's how. You never known that's how we draw insights from God's word. Yeah. And if you are bulimic, you're spiritual, spiritually suffering, spiritual bulimia, it's the consistent reading and hearing of God's word without application. So if you are bulimic, you don't or finish. Nothing you don't apply yeah, I have had an evil. So that's what the enemy <coughs> tried so hard for us to suffer from. Bulimia and anorexia. One, you hear and you don't make here. So I hope we're not suffering from that. But members of this church, I believe, I hope I believe that we are not anorexic and believed because paciently for the last read your Bible prayer every day read your Bible we have the Bible reading plan we are doing we have the Bible study we are doing I hope guys we are we are and getting to, to know God's word. Well. We are getting this life from God for us and we see that these two conditions make us malnourished and worthless in hand to hand combat. So we know, we are in, in war, so they make us now malnourished. You don't have strength to do hand to uh, hand combat. And because we have no strength, then you become an easy target for the enemy. Because you can't resist him, you can't resist him. He's made you malnourished, you don't know his work, the word of God for you to rely on. And you remember that, those who remember the arm of God, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. It's the sword of the spirit. As you go to this warfare, you need to carry your sword. You don't read your work, your sword is black. So some of us are going to war with blood swords. Because it's not, it's, it's, it's not sharp. You haven't it, been sharpening your, your sword. Or some of us, if don't know how to hold the sword, <laughs> because we don't spend time with the word. Guys, let's spend time in God's word because that's the only offensive weapon in the armor of God. If you look at the, all the others, all the others are for defense. Helmet, breastplate. it's only the sword that we can counter the works of the enemy. So, for us today, we need to believe the one who spoke the word. We need to take his word as true. So as I read, I usually, as I read my Bible, I just uh, try to find fun facts to enjoy reading my Bible and but it's just for my enjoyment. So I just want to, to share some fun facts uh, on 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 why do we find it a challenge to make God's word? I'm just uh, thinking of the reasons why it makes you find it a challenge to be God's word, and I look for individuals in the Bible who who could go with that. So while, how, why why you find it a challenge is it can't make sense of God's word in our, with our human eyes. God. I make, eyes make. In our day and life, I speak. And one example of guys who disobeyed because of this is the Israelites. When Babylon came, destroyed everything, there were some remnants who remained in the land. And while they remaining, we got to make a governor up, and some guy came and killed the governor. So guys are saying, "Hey, Aba, say so, man, man, you So, are, are You are a man of God. Just ask God what He wants us to do. Do we go to Egypt? Ama kiapa, but Egypt apa, apa, rinika, ni, how much money? How Egypt? Before Aba, Aba, we are. We how to can survive here, trees? And God told was "Remain in Egypt. I ah, remain in the land. Don't go to Egypt. Remain in the land." It, it did not make sense for them, and they disobeyed and went, and there were consequences of that. Another, another thing which makes us challenged to, to obey is we are people pleasers. We want to, we want to please people. And this one is a good example is Saul in the Bible. Saul was a people pleaser. I, can, I to, I'd rather to have, have this word. Another thing that makes us not. We find it a challenge today. we just don't feel like God uh easy feel, easy feel God. Eh? Now we need Jonah. I don't like because I go easy he, history and go see and we know what happened to Jonah. Another thing that makes us hard to obey to God's word is our social status. <laughs> our social status. Now we need number, number. go deep yourself in the and I say I, me. Ata kituwafanza ni kikuja ma big guy I needed the The prophet Adokya ni Anipate the respect yeah. And sometimes our social status Makes us not want to great But for goodness Namana and I to Failure to And he was able to do it Another thing is Not What God tells us to do is not how we, we are used to God doing it and, so, and this it was interesting. I found it in the book of Deuteronomy on Moses. When Moses was told by God, the instructions were clear. Take care of your staff and speak to the rock and water will come out of the rock. That's why God's instruction. But what? It, Moses too, Meswe, Akichkoa, Akichkoa, Safiaki, Nikuchabaviki. Yeah, so and I think instincts to Millimeku. And God was mad at him. And this is what he said. You did not trust me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites. That was the one thing that made Moses not enter the promised land. Because I believed I call it in But this time it was take your staff, speak to the rock, and water will come out. The other thing is we fall for the lie, we fall for the lie. We fall for the lie. And this is interesting. There's the prophet who lied to the man of God. This is in the book of first Kings, chapter 13. God has given you clear instructions. prophet. <laughs> and you find that he just he disobeyed God because of just falling for the light. And the other one, the last one is pride, our pride makes us not obey, makes us not obey God. At least we see the story of David and carrying out the census. Even Job and Mambiya easy poor. But it says that the king's word overruled Job. Mido kusema. And with that, we disobeyed. But most times as Christians we believe that God is a compassionate God. He forgives us. And when he disobeyed, he forgives us a lot But one thing we forget that. It's he forgives us, He never holds grudges, He forgives and forgets, but there are consequences we need to bear. It's a seed planted, we need to harvest a it. So if you disobey, you will ask God for forgiveness, He's gracious, He forgives us, but we have to bear consequences. And one thing for us in leadership positions, for husbands, fathers, the consequences not just come to us, but even our wives and our children suffer the consequences of that. And this you can see the story of David when he decided to take the census, and the Lord decided to punish David. He didn't it, it just punish David. Seventy thousand guys died of the plague. God sent to punish David. So it was not just him who suffered, even the subjects, and that's the challenge he. As leaders, when we disobey God's word, the consequences don't just come to us, but it will follow those who are below us. So let's, let's be careful. And we see that in Isaiah 55 8 and 9 For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than my thoughts. So as God tells you this, he already knows, he's already seen years to come. But some some of us, we see it, we see it now, tomorrow, but God is seeing. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So are we able to take him at his word? Are we able to take him at his word? Because... His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, how how we how we do it. And interesting thing as I was uh, as I learned during this season that sometimes obedience has nothing to do with what you are told to do. The instruction you're, you're, you're given, it has nothing to do with that. But what it wants to test you is your faith and believing God. That's the thing to us today. you might be told something, but it's not just about the thing. It's, do you believe that God is able to do it for you? When when he gives you that instruction, do you believe his word? And this, you can see the story of Naaman. Some scholars are saying, and even, even when you look at some of the miracles Jesus did, it had nothing to do with the acts, the miracle it did. It just Trying to see the faith these guys had. When Naaman was told to go dip himself in the Jordan, God could have healed him in any other way, but it was just to see do you believe when you go deep yourself seven times your you'll be well? Even him at the first time, the Ah, yeah, yeah. even we have ever heapers. It wasn't about the deeping, it was about his faith. Do you believe the one who spoke the word? Do you believe the one who spoke the word? And why do we need to obey? Why obedience? One, it's one of the ways we worship and glorify God. Living in obedience shows our love and respect for him. And it draws us near to him and we grow our relationship with him. So this is why God asked us for us to obey and as we've seen he doesn't force it it's upon us to decide we take him at his word or we would it it's as simple as that we have a choice to make and in deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 2 to 14 we see that god spells out the blessings of obedience he says all these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the lord your god you'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the country the fruit of your womb will be blessed the crop of your land and the young of your livestock the calves of your heart and the lambs of your flock your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed you'll be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out and it goes on to explain the blessings that will come you. He says that even your enemies will see you and run away. So many things. If you can read through the verses, you can see the blessings that come with obedience. And after that, he, he, he tells us the curses that come from disobedience. And that's why he says God puts it all in the open. These are the blessings and these are the curses. And the curses are just the opposite of the blessings that will come out. So, the question is, do you believe the one who spoke the word to obey him? That's the thing because obedience comes from the word. And as I I, I just remember a song which we used to sing, I don't know if you guys know it. It's Trust and Obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. If you want to be happy in Jesus, in your spiritual work, then you just have to trust and obey. And we look in Luke chapter 5, verse 5, Simon said, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, because you say so, I will let down my nets. Practically, it doesn't make sense what you're telling me.
1: Because you said
0: so. And I believe you what you say so. I let down my legs. And saw what happened. So today I ask you, what about you? What will you do? Will you let down your legs? Because it says so. Will you let down your legs? Because it says? so. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Bunny House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.